purpose that the Lord provides to us. There is a general purpose that every born-again believer fits into. Last week we said, picture a five-lane freeway. You could be in any of the lanes, but you're going in the same direction. And so on Sundays in our purpose series, we're going to be looking at the general purposes of God. In our midweek groups, and can I just say, if you're not in a group yet, there, and we run out this morning, but get into a group. Honestly, it's just five more weeks, friends. Just five more weeks. Anyone can do something for five weeks. So get in. Up until last week, we, we had to eventually cut it off because we had, on Sunday, we still had two new groups forming. So if you check your list, there's a bunch of groups, which 15, 14, 14 groups that you can choose all over the city as well as online. So really, there's no excuse. It's too far. It's inconvenient. I don't like the people. You've got a few to choose from, Right. So Sundays, we're going to look at the big purposes of God. In the midweek, we're going to de- uh, discuss and talk about the more specific purpose of God for your life. And as you connect and engage with others, you'll be amazed what God reveals to you through other people that helps you find a more tailored uh, role that you play for the Lord. And then in your devotions, remember every morning there's a devotion in your manual, in your book, will help us to wait on the Holy Spirit for your specifics that God is calling you to. You might not get a download for the rest of your life, but you definitely will feel the Holy Spirit leading you with the next steps. You might not get the airplane ticket. You might have to go to the airport first and then buy the ticket. Make sense? So here's my points. We're all going, yo, I want to go to Madagascar, but we'll stick with, with, the, with the road trip might be a little easier. We're all going to Gaborone, all right? Are we in agreement? We're all going to Gaborone. I'm thinking of all sorts of traveling songs running through my head. He did, ach, please, daddy, won't you take me to the drive-in? We're all going to the drive No, we're not. All going to Gaborone, right? All going to Gaborone. Some of you are impatient and are rushing to buy your, on, um, your online, download, buying your, your airplane ticket quick as it possibly can. You're going to hit your e-ticket, flash your cell phone, jump on the plane, and you're there. Others of you are like, man, I've been exercising quite a bit. I think I can get there if I just run enough. Maybe I'll sleep. How many days do I have to run for it? Man, I'm going to get on. I'm going to make myself a YouTube page. I'm going to get sponsorships. I'm going to do my thing. And everyone's going to know me as the guy who ran to Gaborone. Some of you guys are like, your road trips are the best. Nothing better than a road trip. Richard changed his whole, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Your whole employment package to get a van so that they could do this epic road trip all the way down to the Cape and back. Hey, maybe you're saying, yo, my little two-seat is not going to cut it. I've got to go past the car dealership first and get something with bigger wheels so that I can get to Gaborone, right? Others of us are like, putt course. A trip without putt course, yeah? It's just not a trip, yeah? Some of you guys are thinking about how many toilet breaks there are between here and Gaborone, If you're driving with me, I'll give you the answer. None. If we put petrol in, you go to the bathroom. And you get out, you come back, and there we go. The guys that have traveled with me, hello? Yes. It's not a sightseeing trip. We've got a destination and a purpose. Okay. 
And don't one of you go to the bathroom and then come back and then the next guy wants to go to the bathroom. Then the other guy wants to get a burger. And then but when he comes back, he also wants to go to the bathroom. No, no, no. We run a touch up here. <laughs> Believe it or not, eventually we'll all get to Gaborone. As long as you keep going in the right direction, whether it's the Mount Ars, all the settlers for all of history, as long as you keep pointing in the right direction, there might be a mountain and a river and a sea, but eventually we'll get there, right? Understand my point? All of us, all of us are called with the same general purpose. Someone said this, <laughs> I come from my mother but I'm going to my father. Yeah? The general purpose for every child, son and daughter of God, is to become like him, to end up in his presence, right? Many of us might get there different ways. You might go on a donkey cart. <laughs> you might go in a canoe. You might go in the flashiest pair of running shoes. You might go in a Ferrari. <laughs> you might go in a Land Cruiser. You might stop at every ultra city along the way. You might have be one of those people that keep getting the gas bottle out and putting the tea kettle on top. Yeah, You might be one of those with egg sandwiches. But we'll all get there. Here's my point. There's a five-land freeway that when we get born again, we get onto the freeway. We're all going in the same direction. We can go there by planes, trains, and automobiles. But the destination is the same. And on Sundays, we're going to learn more about the destination. Midweeks, you might learn a little bit more whether you're on a <laughs> Ferrari or a Fiat or a canoe. And then day by day, when you and I meet with the Lord, we're going to say, Lord, do I go fast or do I go slow? Do I stop and talk to this one along the way? Or do I hurry up now because someone's waiting for me around the next corner? You understand my point? We're all called to the purposes of God. And I say, take time to say all of this because <laughs> unless you're in a coma, we all face decisions, big decisions all day long, right? Aren't you, aren't you exhausted by the end of the week? Sometimes you're just like, Lord, I've made decision after decision after decision. Domestically in my home, at work, wherever I go, I'm like making a decision. Every time I open my wallet, I'm making a choice, right? Yes. Every time I put something in my diary, I'm making a choice. We can get so flustered around the choices, the decisions we make, when it's as simple as this. Does this decision, I'm going to Botswana, I'm going to go to Gaborone. When my friend phones me up and he says, hey, Weather's lovely in Cape Town this time of year. What do I answer? Oh, what should I do? I don't know. Maybe I should go to Cape Town or not. Call all our friends. Please pray with me. I don't know what to do. I'm so tempted to go to Cape Town. I've just bought a new Swimbrook. Uh, a new swimming. Thank you. Hey, man. I've always wanted to, get, to go to Cape Town. You know, my friend at work yesterday was talking about Cape Town. Maybe it's a sign. In fact, I switched on the TV yesterday, and there was a special offer on the, new, on, on, on the adverts. 
cheap flights to Cape Town. My friend spoke about it yesterday. Uh, someone phoned me and there was an advert. It's conclusive evidence. It's the Lord. You understand my point? Folks, if you just grab a hold of this, I've, I've simplified your life. I've settled your hearts. When I'm pointing in this direction, when I know I'm going in this direction, I don't need to look at any of the other directions. I love this. <laughs> There's a west, a south, a east, and a purpose. You, you get it? <laughs> True north. And so when I'm trying to decide the, 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 the choices that I need to make, God, I've got a purpose. I'm on my five-lane highway. I can go in different vehicles. I can go in different lanes. But I'm going towards the same direction. If the direction is going to take me that way, and God, you've called me to go that way, do I need to worry about this way? No, I can actually um, discard that, that opportunity. Because often, God, you get, you get presented by opportunities all the time. Not all of them are godly. Not all of them are the Holy Spirit calling you. Yeah? I remember years ago, we... We asked a, a guy to come and join us, and uh, we asked him to join our eldership team to lead the school that was part of our, our, our church and um, to relocate. And at the same time, we met, we had the conversation, he says, thank you very much, they'll go and pray. That same week, he got offered a promotion at the job that he was doing. A friend offered him a partnership in a new company, and then there we were asking him to come and be part of our church. It's amazing, this same week. Hey? So what do you do? Well, you say, Lord, where, are, where was I going? And what of those is on my highway? Get the point? So Sunday is general. Midweek, more tailored. And then day by day, we ask our Father to speak to our hearts. And say, Lord, what do I need? Do I need to lighten the load a bit? Do I need to make more space? Yeah? I remember when we bought a seven-seater back in the day. I went to go and license it. They said, you went from a small car to a big car. What's going on? I said, I've got more friends. You see, sometimes God says you need more space in your life. Other times He says you need to take the baggage off. And that determines my specifics in getting to my purpose. You, you, you with me? All righty. My goodness, that took a while. Sorry, that was fun. <laughs> All righty. Ma, 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 ma. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Can you give us the next slide, please? I've got to catch myself. All right, so today we talk about my purpose is Christ. Over all things, the ultimate destination is that I become like Jesus. And all the spouses said, Amen. Because all of us want our spouse to be more like Jesus. All of us want our friends, our neighbors, our neighbors' dogs to be more like Jesus. Hey, I pray for the salvation of our dogs, the neighbors' dogs, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> And so today, the first and most important answer for the purpose of my life is that my purpose is Christ. My purpose is Christ. Philippians chapter 3 is the passage we're going to look at today. Remember last week we said uh, that we are God's workmanship, His works of art created in Christ to do good works that He's prepared for us in advance. And uh, today we're going to read out of Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. Paul says this, he says, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and be found in Him. 
not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10 says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation of his in his sufferings. We don't like that one. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Friends, I hope that you will leave this place streamlined this morning. I so want you to grab a hold of this. You might have to do some serious wrestling in your heart to let this settle. But these words this morning can free you up no end. They can set you free. They can help you get closer to Jesus. They can help you make decisions in your life. They can help you say no to ungodliness. They can help you to see temptation coming when it's still far down the road and you can turn. You know when you go to the shops and you see that person you don't want to talk to? You know that one. You're about to walk to the same aisle and you see that person. You quickly go like this, right? You pretend that you were looking at the makeup, gents. (laughs) Just for my wife, of course. You been there? You guys, none of you want to admit to being in the makeup aisle. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but when you just take a detour, because you just know that guy, either you just, you, you, you're mad at him because you didn't listen and breaking your bread and settle your hearts and make right with your brother. Or you think, if I, if I get stuck with this guy, I'm not going to leave for another hour and I'm already late. There's a reason, right? You see him down the aisle and you turn and you go the other way. Hmm? If only we were so clever when it comes to temptation. My purpose? But down the road, I see temptation. I see him far away before he's got any hold on me. Far down the road. And I see him, oh, I don't want to get delayed by that one. I turn quickly. I change lanes. I change from this lane. I change all the way to this lane, even if it's a slower lane. And I chug along this way, so I avoid the guy on that uh, pavement trying to get me and tempt me down his road. Do you see how simple this helps us in our lives? The alcoholic, the recovering alcoholic, they said, I just don't understand. Every time I go to the pub, I get such temptation to drink. not rocket science yeah every time i spend time i get so angry i just want to well maybe you should just find a different lane get to the right purpose okay (laughs) paul understands that he paul reveals to us that he understands that jesus christ is his purpose he says the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus he says that i might gain Christ and be found in Him. He says, I want to know Christ. It's like I've got my purpose. My whole life, whether I'm a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a panel beater, whatever, a student, my purpose is to know Christ. That's my purpose. And you try and come and divert me from that purpose. Jesus said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because Jesus had a purpose and this was a distraction to that. Get it? He told his disciples, I'm going to the cross. Peter says, no. And even this friend of Jesus was a distraction from the purpose of Jesus. You get it? You spot that guy? Don't talk to him. I'll catch you later. I won't, but maybe I'm on a purpose. 
In Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, Paul says, For me to live is Christ. There's not much wiggle room there. Not for me if I have a promotion, I'll feel good about myself. Not for me if I get a bigger TV or if I suddenly, you know, hit my goal weight or my, my discovery points, whatever it might be. No, no, no. For me to live, it's one thing. I have a purpose. It's Christ. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, he even says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. You know the amazing thing about all of these? I don't have time to tell you, but I will. Uh, all these passages we read today, they're from the, quote, prison epistles. These were words that Paul wrote when he was imprisoned in a dungeon for his faith. When you know that, then when you see for me to live as Christ, you realize he might not continue to live. He's under threat of death. He could die while he's writing those words. And he did in the end. They imprisoned him. They let him out. They imprisoned him. They beheaded him. This is not just like thoughts for the day, you know. Little happy little verse to keep you going. This is real. This is as real as it gets. He says, for me, I no longer, it's not me who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. I mean, this is powerful stuff. It's not you when your boss is giving you a hard time always. Man, my life's on the line and I still choose. I have a purpose that I'm after. My purpose is Christ. Everything else fades to insignificance, whether I have five minutes left or five years or 50 years left. I have a purpose. I'm on a road. I'm going to Gaborone. I'm going to get there. You might go there faster and I might go there slower, but that's fine because we've each got our part my purpose in Christ. Remember last week we spoke about the, uh, the, 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 the planets orbiting around stars. You see, when that star, when the sun is big enough, it pulls the planets into a certain orbit. When my purpose is big enough, it pulls me onto this highway. Yeah? yeah? Proverbs says, I run in the path of His commands. Too many of us are like, man, this five-lane highway, why is the border here? I just want to walk over there. I just want to stand on the pavement a little. This living for Jesus is so narrow and I've, I've got to not do things and I've got to do do things. It cramps me. If only I could just go over here a little bit. I want to put my feet on the grass. Meanwhile, there's a five lane highway all the way. You've got room. Someone said that the purposes of God are not a tightrope but a garden to be explored. You understand it's because you've got a boundary there and a boundary there. Isn't it amazing you put a dog on a leash, what does it do? It pulls as far as that leash will go. <laughs> yeah? We have a beagle. I was walking in our suburb and I'm trying to train this beagle to, to walk on heel because then you don't have to pull the... And as I walk past with, with this beagle saying, heel, Bella, heel. This couple that were walking, two beagles, look at me. You're trying to train a beagle. <laughs> My point is this, friends. It's like amazing. The moment we have parameters in our lives, we feel like the borders are pressing in on us. But you don't, I mean, this, the parameters could be wide as, but when there's a border, then you want to go that side. My purpose. So we need to understand three things about our purpose is Christ. First of all, so let's ask ourselves how we get closer to Christ. First of all, we realize that Christ alone fulfills forgives and is forever. Christ alone fulfills, forgives, and is forever. 
Forgive, it's totally heretical, but let me tell you the story. This guy dies. And as he's on his way up to the pearly gates, you get we've lost the Bible already. As he's on his way with his getting ready to receive his wings and his harp, as he's on his way up to the pearly gates, he's, and it all, and, and over there it looks, he can see St. Peter, this is nothing in the Bible. He sees St. Peter, you know, looking very somber and welcoming the people into heaven one at a time. And then as he goes up, he sees another cloud over there and he can hear the music from miles away. And he sees all these people bouncing around on the clouds and they're having a party and there's noise and instruments and it's wonderful. It looks like they're happy and those guys look very serious. So like Donkey Kong, he hops off his cloud however he's going to the pearly gates and he jumps towards the party cloud. As he gets to the party cloud, his feet touch on the cloud and the party's going. He, he goes, slips straight through the cloud all the way. Boom! He lands up down in heaven, and there Lucifer is welcoming him. Hell, sorry. Down in hell, that way. And he says to Lucifer, he says, welcome. He says, Lucifer, what's going on? Uh, You promised me a party with loud music and fun and dancing, and it was going to be so cool. He says, yeah, that's just our marketing department. Not in the Bible, right? Just in case. My point is, it's Christ alone who fulfills, forgives, and is forever. Life, the devil, will tempt us with all sorts of things that's outside of our our highway. Oh, come this way. You know the fabled siren song? All the sailors used to drive into um, the rocks, the fable goes, when they're called by things, when our orbit around the sun is not strong enough, when our sun isn't big enough, our orbit gets Caught up by other things that promise to fulfill you. Oh, in just three minutes or less, every day, you too can have your life fulfilled. Seventy years ago, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, a car is made to run on petrol. It would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel of our spirits that, uh, that our spirits are designed to burn. Or the food that our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it's just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about knowing Him. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from Himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. At the beginning of this passage in Philippians chapter 3 that I read, Paul, he starts to say, he says, uh, it is we who worship God by His Spirit, who boast in Jesus Christ, who put no confidence in the flesh. Then he has an aside. He says, actually, if we're going to put confidence in our own um, uh, achievements, then I've got quite a few. He goes on to list them. He says, um, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm on the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. He lists all his things. I'm a member of, I'm a, I'm a member of the Rotary. I have a hundred percent attendance. I pay my taxes on time. In fact, I'm on the accelerated management track. Did you know that? And in fact, you know where I live. Can I tell you about my suburb? You must know the levies that I have to pay where I live because I'm one of those people. Have you seen my car? Can I just put my keys where you notice them? It is a Ferrari, yes. 
Not only that, but I am, insert your tribe and your language. Yeah, we go to Lesotho a lot, right? Now, I live in South Africa. You know how many, it's a, I'm trying to make a positive thing from a negative thing. But over the years in our history, we had this migrant labor, right? We had men leaving their families behind, going to far places to work on the mines, right? It's one of the tragedies of South Africa. But you know the interesting thing is, if you talk to a miner, and I have, they don't want Zulus down underground. They want Sutus. Because according to the miners, Sutus are more peaceful than Zulus. <laughs> Notice I said according to them. Oh, I'm just saying what someone else... <laughs> Friends, I know I'm tiptoeing very close to offending you. My point is this. We're all different. And we're normally proud of our people and look down on other people, whoever we are. Our country's history is built on that. But can I say it's not just a white, not white thing. The teenagers look down on those that are old, like 20. (laughs) The fast guys look down on the slow guys. The rich guys... You, you, you're with me. There's something built in us. The devil wants us to compare ourselves. Man, I grew up on the South Coast. I, I looked down on everyone that came on holiday. <laughs> hey? Choose your language. You didn't belong here. I was better than you. You with me? And Paul says, listen, if we're going to compare, if we're going to, like, man, I, I've got all the comparisons. I win in every one. But you know what? Once you get... Part of that fancy group, once you get the castle, once you marry the princess, once you get the chariot, you realize it actually doesn't fulfill like it said it would. Have a look. My, my favorite at the moment, there's a, one of the tile companies on the big billboard on the freeway. You deserve these tiles. <laughs> How? And these tiles are going to change my life. If I put these tiles in, man, I'm, I'm set. I'm just going to retire and I'm just going to sit on my tiles and it's going to be wonderful for the rest of my life. You understand? And you might be saying, Craig, that's ridiculous. Well, is it? Because what happens? Hmm. Oh, I'm going to step on your toes now. Triple your salary. Upgrade your car. Less holiday, less time at home. You choose. I'm not making a conclusion for you, but can I tell you this? My purpose will help me answer those decisions. And just remember, we might not all make the same decision because it's got really serious now. You understand? But getting that job won't fulfill me. Moving country, moving town won't fulfill me because you take yourself with you. Understand it's only Christ that truly fulfills, truly forgives, and truly is forever. Forgiving, you know what? (laughs) I can be quite hard on myself when I get stuff wrong. How about you? Yeah? You, You give up everything to get the love of your life. This girl never comes to church. She doesn't pray, isn't interested in God. She mocks you whenever she gets you, but she's so pretty it's going to be the best. Yeah? And then you forget her birthday. She hates you. 
You feel so bad. You feel like a fraught guy. Who's going to forgive you? She won't. Only Christ forgives, even when we've hurt him. (laughs) I wonder how many of you are living in your forever home? (laughs) It's quite a popular, oh, this is going to be my forever home. We're going to move in, and oh, it's going to be wonderful forever. Hey? You know, the average person moves house every 10 years at the longest. Only Christ is forever, and I've taken too long. So number one, we realize only Christ truly fulfills Truly forgives, and only Christ is forever. Number two, I'll finish in three minutes. Number two is we let painful experiences drive us to the Lord. Friends, you know how many people as elders we sit and and, and try and counsel with? And when you get deep down, the reason for their pain is because they feel as though the Lord let them down. I went through a tough time. I lost my business. I lost my family. I had pain. And and I'm trying to be gentle here. But in it all, it's as though the pain we point to the Lord. Jesus, where were you when this happened? Have you been there? And often it's the pain that forces us away from God. It's like, being a scuba diver and you're underwater and your air runs out and your friend's offering you his and you swim further away. No, I'm holding on to my pain. When the Bible says we should rather go close to the Lord, the only one that can heal our pain. Paul says in verse 8, What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ. Friends, you don't have to understand it all. You might even be angry with the Lord. It's okay. He's, he won't fall off his perch because you have a fit. But press towards God. You know, if, if I let Colette down and we never talk about it, how are we ever going to find each other again? And we leave the Lord. We, forget, we, we turn our backs on Him. We never even try and have a conversation and say, God, what on earth? Never let Him help us through the brunt of our pain to understand, actually, how is this going? How, Lord, where were you? Paul says, I've lost all things. Remember, he's in prison about to lose his life. He has lost all things. Um, You know, you never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. The third one is decide to get closer to Jesus. Someone said you can be as close to Jesus as you want to. And I would like to invite you this morning to draw close to Jesus. It's not about our church people. People leave church because the music's too loud or the teaching's not good or I'm not being fed, I'm not growing, no one recognized me. But you know what? I can be as close to Jesus as I want, no matter what my neighbors do. 
I'm sure you'll pick this up in the midweek. Friends, we have a purpose, an overriding purpose on our lives. We're going to Gaborone. We're all called because our purpose is Christ. Not in Christ. Not Christ will give me a sense of purpose. Not Christ will give me three jobs to do every day. No, my purpose is Christ. Not God is loving. God is love. My purpose is Christ. The, the best thing I can do with my entire life is Him. And how do we get closer to Him? We understand that it's only Christ that fulfills, forgives, and is forever. We choose to not let the tough times in life take us away from Him, but rather press us closer to Him. And we understand that we can have as much of Him as we want. Can we stand together? I want to give you an opportunity as you stand. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you're far from Him, you came to this place this morning and you're not sure, and I would love to pray for you if that's you. So I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. And this morning, if you know that you're not right with God, if you're not born again, you want to lift your hand and say, Craig, today I want to make right with Jesus. I want to stop living my own life. I want to live for Him. Because only he can forgive me. Then where you are, why don't you just raise your hand? That's all I'm going to ask you to, to do. I just need to know so that I can pray. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's great. So many hands going up. Some I'm sure for the first time. Some maybe again. But for those of you with your hands up, then you just pray this. You say, Jesus, I'm done with living for myself. I'm done with carrying the guilt of my sin. Please forgive me. And make me your child. I turn my back on my old way of life. My purpose is you. Today, I become your child. And you become my father. Today, I am born again. My purpose is Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. For those of you that put your hands up, man, yeah, it's a great thing we can celebrate. I want to encourage you. Come chat to one of us in the front row. Get into a group as soon as you can. Not because you have to, because it's the best thing for you. Yeah? Man, start praying and reading your Bible. You just want to get closer to Jesus. And there's a family here that will help you if you just let us. Then, Father, I pray that our purpose, which is you, it's not to be CEO, it's not to be the best mother, it's not to be able to pay all my bills, it's not for my kid to get straight A's. My purpose, Lord, is you. The rest are the details. I pray, Lord, that our purpose would become so big, so compelling, so drawing, that the sun that we orbit around would cause us to run in your commands. Help us to be closer to you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.